Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of TRP Recovery. It's your host, Nell Kyle, and today I am so excited to bring on another dear friend of mine, and her name is Chelsea Kuhn. Not only is Chelsea a literary graduate and a fellow mental health advocate, but she will also be joining the world of podcasting pretty soon with the launch of her podcast brand, The Curiosity of Empathy. Which brings me to today's topic. You don't have to go too far to see just how divided and um, polarized our society has become. And the concern for me is how do we live, work, and um, even interact with folks we may have fundamental differences with? And um, so my discussion with Chelsea today is an informal chat where we're just trying to bounce off ideas and just chat about how we see empathy and how it can possibly be that bridge to help us narrow down the solutions and to bring people closer together. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of tea, and let's get started. Hi, Chels. Good morning. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I am so, so happy to see you today, Chels, as always. As you know, seriously, you have like a very special place in my heart. And I really wanted to invite you on this podcast to talk about something that we're always discussing, which is the concept of empathy and the lack thereof in these modern times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I, it's discouraging. (laughs) I'm a very sensitive person. And I say that with like a badge of honor, because I don't think, I think sensitivity gets a bad rap. And I, I, I honestly feel like the lack there of empathy, it bridges, it doesn't bridge understanding. It, it stops understanding. It's very isolating. And nowadays with Corona and all the interlocking systems of injustice and everything that we see on the news, everything that we see on social media, since we're so plugged into our phone, a lot of people, I think, are becoming more isolated and experiencing more mental health issues. And it's harder and harder to reach out when you feel like people are lacking empathy. And we need each other. Mm-hmm. We need each other to not only for our health, but to grow as a community and to ultimately reach understanding and peace, hopefully. I'm so excited for us to delve into this conversation. So before we do that, give us a quick elevator pitch and let the audience know who you are and what you do. I'm so bad with elevator pitches. I want to, I told, I think I told you this. I want to just like stop the elevator and like go hostage because uh, I, you know, I'm a talker. But During the pandemic, I actually graduated from UCSD in 2019. I'm a late bloomer. I went back to school and I went to study something that I actually wanted to study because I went back to school in my 30s. And I always try to, as, as Joseph Campbell said, follow your joy. And you have to. It opens more doorways. It truly does. And I had a really tough time in school because I kind of labeled myself as a slow learner. I wasn't diagnosed with, I was diagnosed after I graduated from college with uh, attention deficit disorder. 
And I had thought my whole life that it was anxiety and depression. <laughs> and I felt like in literature class and with my professors who I was so lucky to have one as my mentor, I really got to practice and build empathy. Just see in literature, you get to dive into the psyche of different characters and they might not necessarily be from your background mm -hmm. or part of your moral foundation, but you kind of find this thread that connects you as a whole mm -hmm. part of our humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think Ty and I were talking about it on Morning Mindset. It's this collective unconscious, this awareness of your humanity and of other people's humanity. So when I graduated, I was encouraged to become a teacher because I was so enthusiastic about reading, about literature, just because I was so amazed that I even got into college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would always, I never wanted this class. I loved sitting in the middle of class. I was like the oldest person in my class most of the time. Oh. <laughs> but that's the best though, because you have a, a different appreciation for it. Yes. And also with my, I don't like to call them learning disabilities. I think, you know, I have a capacity to learn. It's just in the framework of time frames mm -hmm. and deadlines and mm -hmm. my brain literally freezes when I reach a paradox or it's too much information. I, I've had yep. panic attacks um, mm -hmm. and I just got to go and breathe in a kaleidoscope of different cultures and individuals. And I, I loved just absorbing that energy from different people. And when the pandemic happened, <laughs> I lost my my anchor. Yeah. And I did fall into a depression. Um, mm -hmm. I think we talk a lot about, I mean, a lot of the reasons that I've been so magnetized to you is because of your advocacy for mental health and for therapy. Thank you. Yes. And I isolated myself. I kind of thought that my conditions were so unique. It was a pandemic and we all felt it on different levels. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to go to people and tell them I was depressed. I was an esthetician. I, I couldn't work. I had a degree and I was like, what am I going to do with it? You know, like, kind of just took a, a break from getting my credentials as a teacher to really dive deep into what I wanted to do. And luckily, I had the resources to do that, to take that luxury to, to really work and figure out what I wanted to do. And I um, took some classes for social media marketing. And I have such a different brain because I really have so many questions all the time. So many, I was, I was a camp counselor at this camp and they voted me uh, most inquisitive because I would just be asking questions all the time. Like, am I doing this right? <laughs> but that's the thing I feel as though is so underappreciated and underestimated, I think having that inquisitive nature shows like that curiosity that you have. And it also means that you are taking the time to process information. You're not just taking things as is. So that yeah. way you can make legitimate decision about that information you're absorbing. And yeah. I feel as though like nowadays, especially in the social media age, we absorb it so passively and don't realize how that affects us unconsciously. 
Like for example, like you mentioned during the pandemic, everyone was experiencing bouts of depression at different levels. And part of that is too, we have nowhere to go. So a lot of us went to social media. And as we all know, everyone thinks that everyone on social media has the perfect life, right. <laughs> you know? No, and that's, so that's not true. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Behind the camera lens, there's always something going on that you're just not privy to. And quite honestly, we don't need to have access to it unless that person decides that they want to share it. So you just have to take things with a grain of salt whenever you're scrolling through. And that's something I have to tell myself all the time because sometimes you can even feel it. it's like okay I'm getting anxious right like these people like they've only been on here for like three months and they like they have like a hundred thousand followers what am I doing wrong and then it also forces me too to think about what my actual mission and goal is on social media I think yeah. if you approach it that way it can be productive but if you use it as a tool to just kind of like pass the time by can get toxic very fast oh very toxic and it's true we kind of live in i think there's a quote somewhere about instagram it's like a glass house it's like the instagram glass house mm-hmm. it's so easy to with your anonymity to abuse people as well to like people that we might be thinking are not like us right mm-hmm. and i mean i can go back to that but it's an hour it's an hour chelsea it's an hour. <laughs> I'm wrangling you. I, so I'm going to do it. So I'll talk about the podcast I'm working on. Yes. I'm going to do a podcast too. And I work with someone, his name's Sebastian. I want to do a shout out. He's been so helpful with me. An alumni of UCSD. What about Tridents? Ah, hi, Sebastian. <laughs> I love to talk and to listen. And sometimes you got to, you can't talk for five hours, right? Um, as much as we want. As much as we want to. I think that when I did, because it was a very deep depression and I had to go on, I'm not afraid to say I had to go on medication and I started talking to a therapist and we did a lot of trauma-based therapy, a lot of inner child work, which is a a key term in Instagram, right? Or a lot of emotional subtext in the writing of like the algorithms that we're following because Mm -hmm. we are such advocates for mental health. I had, I actually had, a peer from UCSD who was in school when I graduated, and this was in the middle of the pandemic, and he wanted to interview me as an alumni. I was like, I'm not going to win the Nobel Peace Prize or because I was like in between. I don't have a job, you know, just very like, I'm very honest. And, and I feel like I'm very anxious to be honest. And then Mm -hmm. once I'm honest, I've, I've just like, you know what, this is what it is. And this Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to, you can't, I can't fake it. So she interviewed me and I just was like, what angle am I going to come from to just be transparent, to, to hopefully help other students. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these students were quarantined. They didn't get to have the college experience. They were, um, you know, in their dorm, they didn't get to go to classes. They didn't get to have the amazing, exhilarating experience mm-hmm. that I had being surrounded and having these discussions about amazing literature and characters. And, it, you know, on Zoom, it's so different. It's the energy. It's, I'm very, I like wish you lived here. I wish <laughs> I lived there because I can feel your energy, but it's very, yeah. it's like, we don't, we don't have the proximity. We don't yeah, have it's limited. 
it's limited. And um, especially if you have a class full of people. So I was like, you know what, just I was completely transparent. And, and I, I told her about my last year. So 2019, my last senior year at UCSD. And this is before I knew I had ADD. And um, mm-hmm. I had a close friend of mine go through psychosis and mm-hmm. I visit them outpatient psych ward for like two weeks after taking mm-hmm. classes and the things that I was studying was very intense. I took um, African-American literature. I was doing a paper uh, from a, a queer reading of a text and talking mm-hmm. about like hegemony and like injustices and oppression and intersectionality and, and going through the history of very devastating, very human experiences that mm-hmm. um, kind of was like my anchor to what I was going through. It uplifted me. Um, it made me feel like I, there's a deeper meaning. There's a, you know, I, I was looking for God. I'm agnostic, mm-hmm. <laughs> more spiritual than anything. And I was talking to my therapist about it. And I said, God, I wish I knew what that was like to like have faith. He said that I told him about seeing a video of someone dying by themselves due to COVID in the hospital and they were praying. And my therapist said, well, that's a communion with God. And I think that's what brought me to Thai's group. I was Mm -hmm. practicing praying and actually interjecting the word God. And I was letting go. I was surrendering basically. And I was looking for my people (laughs) for like someone to like, help me reach the gap of feeling like I don't trust the world that I'm in. Because there's a lot of things that are happening now that don't engender trust. I was like, oh gosh, I really want to still reach out to people because I'm really gregarious. And after this interview with the, the girl I was talking to, I was telling her that like, I had to be kind to myself. I had to seek therapy. I had to mm-hmm. you know, go to the resource center. I didn't like talk to friends collect a community of people that supported me. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had this wild idea, especially after morning mindset with Ty and this whole community of like people coming as they were and, mm-hmm. and just being open. And you didn't have to necessarily be religious, but you could just be in community and talk about like having a tough time, you know, Your experiences. I'm having a bad experience. So, um, I didn't know what happened. I, I felt this effervescence of connection and I was, I wasn't shy and I reached out to people on social media that I thought were empathetic and caring people. And, you know, the concept of the podcast is trying to look for the intersections of empathy and perception because empathy is such a broad topic and a whole spectrum it's a whole spectrum and people <laughs> have different realities, right? We all come mm-hmm. from our own psychology. So I just was like, well, instead of looking at someone's Instagram, like I'm kind of like, my body language is really small because I'm starting to get shy again, but <laughs> I'm like cringing at how like forward I was, but I, I just thanked them. I like reached out and DM them and I was like, thank you so much. Like the way that you reach out to to people and show them that it's okay to be authentic like it's mm-hmm. okay to have issues it's okay but to be loving and empathetic and not ashamed of that um yeah. I reached out and I just 
I got, I wasn't realizing I was being a community builder. I was like collecting a community of creators and mm -hmm. advocates and activists. We were having really long in-depth conversations that reminded me of university. And yeah. so, um, I didn't know what this was turning into. I feel like a venue, a forum to have these discussions, um, but it's, I've been encouraged, especially by you to start a podcast. So I am so excited, <laughs> Chelsea, as soon as it launches. Okay. I'm going to be one of your first listeners and your most consistent one because yes. <laughs> you really have helped me to redefine um, like the concept of empathy because I think like it's, and it ties back to what you were saying beforehand about us all coming from like different backgrounds and psychologies. It's so easy for us to fall into like these like tribal kind of states and we only associate and affiliate with folks who are like-minded. And it makes sense because it's comfortable, it's familiar and it's safe. But sometimes if we're not careful, then we start to create walls <laughs> and then it becomes very isolating to people who don't fit into that. And as you know, for me, like I'm Christian. And so it's a very, very hard thing to kind of like weigh like your beliefs and your faith and being empathetic to things that you may not necessarily agree with. So oh. it's, it's a very interesting space to be in. And I'm so thankful to have spaces like Morning Mindset and people like you to really help me identify, okay, even if you may be on one side of the spectrum for whatever particular topic it might be, where do you meet in the middle and just realize that there's a shared human experience and that acknowledging that someone is in need of love, of support, of attention, of whatever it might be, or of, of advocacy or someone to speak out for them for justice. Why is that such a bad thing? Uh, no, it's, I, I think that we really close ourselves off from becoming whole, you know, and under like, I don't necessarily feel like you should take abuse if seen empathetic, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time I found myself questioning, like looking at, looking into religious doctrines, like um, maybe Buddha or, or Jesus and how compassionate Right, they were and, and how loving and non-judgmental and that's really a huge concept in empathy is like this I mean radical empathy which is such a like a term that I gravitate to and a lot of podcasters are doing that right now because we live in such a divided and polarized state mm -hmm. and I it's the concept the practice of like even with people you strongly disagree with you look for understanding you seek mm -hmm. not to judge and and that's hard I think that there there are limits to empathy I was talking mm -hmm. with someone she and I were talking and she was like I don't understand the term of it's not that she didn't understand the term I think it was something along the lines of like there's the word empath right that's like mm -hmm. strong like that there's like a label of like yeah. who's, a, who's an empath and I we were talking like maybe it's on a spectrum that right? you can learn to be more empathetic and and I'm, I, through therapy, I have this very enmeshed and codependent. I am five years sober. And so I had to go through the 12 step program and had to really go through like learning about myself and being like with very clear eyes and really being forgiving for the mistakes and being very like, humble and apologetic for anyone that I've harmed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I'd be so hard on myself, just wanting to love people 
And then like, I think that you can be a compassionate person, be empathetic, mm -hmm. but doesn't mean you have to like take, abuse. doesn't mean you abuse, it doesn't mean you have to take abuse and you can have boundaries. It's so hard for, and for the people I love, it's the hardest because it's hard to say no. <laughs> I had a friend say no is a full statement. Like mm -hmm. I like, especially for taking priorities for your mental health, like it is okay to tell someone like I can't and some people will cry to try to cross those boundaries mm -hmm. and and you just it's a process of learning because we all make mistakes and we're all a work in progress I sometimes I'm very good about holding on to my boundaries and other days I'm just like I'm just going to consider this other person especially this I love or like if it's a volunteer program or and just like kind of lend myself to the experience and mm -hmm. then who knows what's going to happen but mm -hmm. I don't know where I was going with that but. <laughs> <laughs> so early <laughs> well what I can definitely like ask you like based on like what we were saying now how do you live out empathy practically so like we were mentioning, like being an empath or the term empathy is such a big thing nowadays, right? In from a theoretical perspective, makes perfect sense. I can definitely empathize and sympathize with folks, but how do we live that out practically? So let's say, for example, a scenario where we're talking about boundaries, right? And you come across somebody who is asking you to do something outside of your boundaries. And while you can sympathize and empathize with the person, it's not something that's in your capacity right now. So right. do you see how that's, it's like a, almost like a strange juxtaposition. So like, how do we live that up practically? I was trying to, so the name of my podcast is the curiosity of empathy, because I think I'm empathetic, and I, but I do know that there's, I can't spread myself so thin. I don't have the energy. I mean, I'm my best when I have the energy for it, but you know, I, there's, it can be sometimes circumstantial. I love Brene Brown and I like want to give her full, she's like the patron saint of empathy. Like she has so many great commentaries on it. And, and from my understanding, like just researching empathy, it's a process of learning and maybe it's a process of learning to forgive yourself and have grace mm -hmm. and grace for other people. And I, I also like the huge spirit and archetypes I look towards is like Mr. Rogers and <laughs> I people Mr. Rogers. we obviously we don't come into this world the way that we thought like that we're a product of our conditions right mm -hmm. um, and we are all operating off our own psychology mm -hmm. and I I try to give empathetic grace I try to like I I'm always going to repeat this probably a billion times but whoever quoted this I'm so sorry whoever you are <laughs> you know just like the seeking to understand and not judging and you can be compassionate but you don't have to like it's not like you have to agree with people who are hostile towards mm -hmm. you it's kind of hard to empathize with someone that's hostile towards you because it kind of scares your vision of them right like it's mm -hmm. like it does and I I'm trying I mean it's something that I'm always trying to work through too like mm -hmm. I I'm trying to find my way in this world as well and like a lot of the guests that I gravitate to we have a common thread we have similarities because there are people who are looking to to not only uplift themselves but their community and mm -hmm. but they also like they're they know where to draw a line like they know that they mm -hmm. they like have this self-compassion and self-love mm -hmm. And we can't fix it all as much as we want to. 
can't. I know. And I know that I that said one more time, you, Chelsea. We can't fix it all. <laughs> we can't fix it. We can all contribute. Like we can all contribute in our own ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, that's what the beauty of life is, is that we are all so different and we have all these different gifts. And I think a lot of the time I'm so hard on myself and like, I don't have this like stellar career that I imagined myself at 35 Mm -hmm. having. And I like have to like, sometimes being an empathetic person is just being like, I don't know the answers, but being open and, and, and then realizing when like, maybe you should preserve that energy. You know, maybe you should it's like, I really like, I try to, I, I talk a lot and I like really try to listen to this balance of it. And I don't try to have assumptions. I, I think Don Riaz Miguel, the four agreements, such mm-hmm. a great book, mm-hmm. you know, be impeccable with your word, um, do the best that you can, uh, don't assume. Assuming makes an ass of you and me, right? Like you can't. It's a <laughs> You know, like you don't go and you try to like open space for people and, mm-hmm. and, and do the best that you can. Like I can't, I'm not, no one's perfect. We all make mistakes. Yes. Exactly. No, I love answer. that. No, you <laughs> did. And I love what you said, because I think, especially folks who come from, like you mentioned, like enmeshment and codependency, yeah. there's an automatic switch where you don't even think about yourself and learning how to be empathetic with yourself that's how you can d- then extend that same grace and empathy to others. Because if you don't have it inside for yourself, there's no way you're going to hold people to high standards that they can never achieve because you hold yourself to a high standard that you will never achieve because why? We're human, <laughs> you know? And we all have our shortcomings. And something that I that really helps me to remain, at least I hope that's what I am doing, it, to remain humble is this quote from the Bible. And it's with um, Jesus saying that you are looking at the speck in your brother's eye, but yet you haven't removed the speck in yours. And it's constantly telling me that the minute you start to feel holier than thou, that you start to cast judgment, that you start to think that something that someone else is doing could never happen to you, that's where you lost it. And it's realizing that we are all capable of doing something that we never intended to do, that we didn't mean to do, or that we're acting unconsciously based on our own like traumas and psychologies. Mm -hmm. So always have that humility to understand that you could easily be in that person's shoes, you know? So that's where I try to operate from. And it's hard. It's very, very hard because I also like fall into like toxic perfectionism. So it's like, well, if I'm doing X, Y, Z, then why can't you do X, Y, and Z? It's like, have you considered this person's obstacles? Have you considered what they might be going through? Well, you think that you're doing so well. Have you considered what you're going through outside of that? You know, so it's definitely a humbling thing for me. And I try my best to operate that way. I I think I do too. I I was that book that you recommended by Jonathan Haidt. I have two chapters left. I remember that (laughs) I read, but this is also the obstacle is I try to take in so much information. I go deep Mm -hmm. into the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and, and then I find I'm at a deadline. Like, this is why I think it's so hard. Like I was doing copywriting and stuff. I was like, I I need to write a book someday because this is like, my brain does not work in sound bites. 
Yeah, and, you have to. And, and yeah. I would hope that some bosses would have grace, but I have to work around those perimeters. You know, like I have to see it from their point of view too. Like perspective taking is another term for empathy. Like they have a deadline too. They're a boss. They're running this company. I have to be a professional. Like, mm-hmm. but what strengths? What what can I bring to that through my I guess from Octavia Butler's um, novel, Parable of the Sower, hyper empathy. Like, I like sometimes I get insular. Like, sometimes if I'm alone too much, I'll like start thinking about like, what do I want? What do I want? This mm-hmm. is my world. This is my world. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Haidt said that some people need to take the log out of their eyes. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Like, they're mm-hmm. so stuck in their ways and they yeah. kind of like, I try to be understanding and there's some people that need to take the logs out of their eyes like we see mm-hmm. on social media people mm-hmm. having tantrums and like a lot of the time a mental health issue mm-hmm. like you know like mm-hmm. I try to I I don't want to jump on the bandwagon and like detail the horribleness of this person mm-hmm. as much as I don't want to interact with those people you know what I mean and there's this and it makes me feel like because at COVID there's so many different ideas of how protect yourself and be safe and to like and you know I'm a supportive caretaker so I'm very hyper vigilant and I still have to wear masks and Mm -hmm. you you know and I won't go into because I know that's so polarizing right now to talk about vaccines but I go I went to Starbucks and there's this sign that says like be kind to everyone because you don't know it's a famous quote you sure you've heard it uh you don't know what secret battles that they're having it just makes life easier too to be to consider other people, to, to, to kind of like step back from like joining the, the feeding frenzy or joining the fray and like- Cancel culture. <laughs> cancel culture, yeah. And I don't know, like I just, I live a lot by maxims and aphorisms and I know that that's not like, I have to like, an open mind is continuously growing to change and adapt. And I think that like anger is very hard on me. Like I usually like, instead of being angry, I become very like, consider of the other person that can be unhealthy too there's so many things that we could talk about that, like there's so much nuance mm-hmm. and I'm not a specialist or a therapist or psychologist mm-hmm. I just know that like the way I operate through the world is I want to be as much there for people I care about and for people that I see that are receiving harm or abuse mm-hmm. and to be there for them there's some people that I can't reach and it's healthy. And we, we were taught, I mean, reading that book, a lot of people, it's just like the wiring of our brain and the conditions that we were raised in and the beliefs that we have, we feel we're so right. And it's hard. I, it's hard for me to change people. Like, I don't, I don't try to force things on people. I don't think that's ever been in my nature. And that's the thing, Chelsea, I think trying to force someone to take on your own ideals, it just never works, regardless of what those ideals might be. Um, Whether that's like a political stance, theological or philosophical lifestyle, it doesn't make sense because everybody is unique. They have unique experiences and they have unique ways of dealing with experiences. And so just because something works for you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will work for someone else. Thanks so much for tuning in, loves. Stay tuned for part two next week. Has the TRP Recovery Podcast blessed you in any way? If so, be a dear and share it with a friend. 
you can follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and also stream all TRP Recovery episodes on Exposure TV Network. You can download the Exposure app on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire Stick. Thank you so much, and I hope to continue to help you cultivate not only a relationship with yourself, but most importantly, God. Thank you, and please continue supporting.